Hello and welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman and joining me is the illustrious, immovable, iridescent Emma Corey. Did you say iridescent? I don't think that's Ill. a word. You're so iridescent that it's ill. Uh, well, thank you. That's how that's we're salvaging that. Yeah, yeah. And listener, we're very excited because once again, we have summoned a guest within this nebulous void that we call the Pink Isle. Joining us is uh, another one of them YouTubers that you might have heard about. YouTubers? I thought those were only legend. Oh, yes. These strange creatures that summon to give their hot takes. And this one gives many of the great hot takes under the channel name Dropinion Dump. So please give a warm welcome. Hello, Julia. Thank you for joining us. Well, hello there. And thank you so much for having me on the Pink Kyle. It's such an yeah. honor to be here. Oh, <laughs> well, we're very honored to have you. And listener, you might be familiar with Miss Draw Opinion over here because Emma and I featured in a video of hers that you can go watch on her channel right now. But obviously you'll want to listen to this episode first and then we can see her Barbie thoughts. But yeah, with that said, before we get to today's movie, something that I like to ask all of our guests is... What sort of experience do you have with like certain girl-centric media growing up? Like what were your big go-tos? Were you a Barbie kid, a Bratz kid, a Mycene kid if you were being spicy? Uh. <laughs> I was a very girly girl. So Barbie movies were 100% my jam. I had a bunch of DVDs for them. I, I would watch them with my sister. Uh, later on, I kind of shifted into Tinkerbell. I didn't really watch a lot of Bratz. I, I did love that one Polly Pocket movie that they released. They, I, people I, keep I, on yes. telling us we need to review this Polly Pocket movie. <laughs> we need to do that at some point. It's on the docket. Yeah. We have enough girl media that we can probably do this thing forever. Like, there's so much. So. Like, I'll think of, like, a franchise and I'll think, oh, maybe we should go that. And, I'll, and like, I won't realize that there are, like, 20 movies associated with it. <laughs> like... Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I know you talked about this in your video, but did you have any particular favorite Barbie ones growing up? I feel like my taste kind of shifted in some regards, but not others. Like when I was a kid, I really, really loved the Barbie Diaries. But nowadays, uh, <laughs> I, I am not so it's blinded by nostalgia on that one. But uh, I love the Nutcracker one when i was a kid and i it's it's still my favorite to this day yeah there's something about the vibes of that first the nutcracker like that first barbie movie like i don't know the way it's like paced it's very much like like a vignette type of story you know just like these little yeah. vignettes one after another and it kind of has like this sort of calm presence to it i think so i can oh, see it's very chill yeah 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 any other particular favorites growing up uh, the Princess and the Poppers one, I, I had the DVD. Oh, yeah. And we had the the little sing-along feature. Yeah. Uh, those, that was a good time. Yeah. It was. Princess um, and the Popper featuring everyone's favorite uh, King Premager. So. Our, our thick, 
our thick, <laughs> vaguely anti-Semitic king. Oh, God. Anyway, it's very advantageous that uh, you shifted to Tinkerbell later on in your viewing life, almost as if we planned this ahead, uh, because today, the movie that we're going to be watching is Tinkerbell and the Great Rescue. The Great Fairy Rescue. The Great Fairy Rescue, thank it's you. It's not just any uh, rescue, Henry. Any rescue, They're yeah. rescuing the fairy. Yeah, this is the one that people really have a nice soft spot for, including you, Julia. Like, you talked a lot about it in your own video that you can also watch on your channel, uh, listener. Especially it for, is like, good... Tinkerbell movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause... Yeah, like, uh, what, what is your, like, history with this movie specifically, like, Julia? Uh, uh, I... If it's 2010, I was, like, what, 14, I think? And it's it's a little bit of that age where it's, like... At least for me, it, you are a teenager now, so technically you can't like cartoons anymore because it's not cool. But I miss the memo because I still really love them. Except oh, yeah. I was I was aware of it enough that like it it would be weird for me to watch this movie uh like on TV with like my whole family being aware that I was still very much in love with Tinkerbell movies. So I remember religiously following the news for this movie's release on the internet. And then once it came out, like I, I live in Brazil, so things take a, a little bit of time to premiere here when compared to the oh, US. Yeah. Like I I searched for this movie online as soon as it came out in the US. I was really excited for this one and it paid off. Like I, I really liked it. And I, I was so Oh yeah. I was so glad not to be disappointed, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, like it it's was, always a nice surprise. It, it was everything that I wanted the movie to be, and I was really looking forward to it, and I had a really great time, and to this day, it has like a really, really special place in my heart. Ah, uh, that, that's, that's very nice. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember like when this movie came out, because I when I would watch these movies, I would like, you know... I would rent the DVDs from like our local family video and like every time one of these movies came out they would have like a trailer for the next movie on the DVD and so I remember uh getting this DVD and I I can't remember the last time I watched this specific Tinkerbell movie but I do remember it being pretty standout. I think the the fact that it's about like Tinkerbell like creating a connection with us this like young girl character you know, makes it stand out from the rest. And also, I think this was the first movie in this franchise that really started, like, developing the roles of the uh, Tinkerbell's friends in it. Like, oh, yeah, they feel like they have so much of a greater presence in this movie from what I remember. And... Yeah, because, like, compared to, like, Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure, like, we talked about this in our last episode, listener, but, like, like so much of that movie's problem is that it's just very focused on Tinkerbell and Terrence, which is fine, except the fact that they don't... Terrence doesn't really do a whole lot after that movie, and they don't really, Because mm, Terrence know, is elaborate. kind of boring, TBH, so... <laughs> yeah, he's kind of just your obligatory hetero love interest. He's, like, the token guy. Yeah, the token guy who... Girls can like platonically be like, oh yeah, he's so cute, while also secretly crushing on like Vivian or Fauna or something like that. 
Oh yeah, this is the 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 Vidya Redemption arc movie. So. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, we'll get That's to the Vidya the Redemption one. arc soon. Oh yeah. Uh, like I said, there's not a whole lot to go into cast and crew wise compared to like the other. Uh, Have you like forgotten uh, how this movie features the voice talent of uh, Tumblr White Man of the Month circa May 2019, <laughs> uh, Michael Sheen? <laughs> the oh, oh, Emma, you know my wife is going to throw fist at you for calling him that. <laughs> <laughs> is it not true? <laughs> I, you're not wrong, but also... <laughs> Like uh, a little okay. bit of respect. Wait, oh yeah, I, I well, like Michael Sheen though. He's I, oh yeah, he's good in those. This... Twi- he was the he was a great highlight in those Twilight films. Is what I'll what I'll say. He was fun in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's this is just like indicative of the fact that these movies just have all this A class voice talent. Like we've already talked about, like Mae Whitman, Kristen Chenoweth, Lucy Liu, uh, Raven Simone, Pamela Alden, and like all these people, like just showing up and bringing their a game and then they just like bring in all these like like a-list guests on it and it's just like dang disney you're really throwing out the money for these because uh, i know uh, the, the pirate fairy has like a uh, tom hiddleston and like christina Hendricks in it so that one is interesting in its own right as well so we'll get to that when we get to that oh one. yes what's more to say about michael sheen you know prodigal son Frost versus Nixon, Masters of Sex, Underworld, the Twilight movies, and uh, there's yeah that one where he was like there, a, there like was a, this one uh this one uh it was all over uh, Amazon Coraline type of thing like maybe or something yeah I, I don't know it'll come to me later uh, like a but, David Tennant uh, wore hot pants in it you know I'm oh that's I that's what that little Nas X video is about I that's right <laughs> okay it's all coming back to me so <laughs> yeah in addition to Michael Sheen playing his daughter is Lauren Mote she's primarily a voice talent she doesn't have a whole lot of stuff on uh her resume like but what she does have is pretty impressive so she obviously is starring in this movie but she's gone on to voice a lot of things in a lot of different video games including the fable series uh the nino kuni wrath of the white witch which mm, mm, that's some good stuff uh as well as the most recent dragon quest game oh yeah how did you end up seeing this movie when it came out henry my younger siblings got it through a red box uh when those were first starting to become a thing i saw it passively i only saw bits and pieces because i think i was busy doing a couple of other stuff at that moment my younger sisters were watching it liking it a lot and from the clips that i saw it seemed like oh yeah this seems like a fun time but not exactly something that it was like actively seeking out you know yeah i love those movies that you just kind of watch by proxy and then they just (laughs) stay in the back of your brain until you remember them years later like oh yeah yeah no that's actually honestly a lot of like how most of my thoughts that turned into the pink owl started wow (laughs) like just vague memories of like oh yeah watching that when i was younger because my sisters were watching it Hmm. i had an older sister so she would do Things like watch like shark attack movies around me when I was little, so kind of a different vibe. I end up. Oh, I, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I guess with all that sort of stuff said, I guess it's time for us to join Tinkerbell and embark on this great fairy rescue. 
Rated E for everyone. Join Tinkerbell on her first journey to fairy camp on the mainland with all new adventures on the Nintendo DS with over 30 mini-games. Team up with Disney's favorite fairies or create your own. Connect to all the fun at pixiehollow.com. Faith, trust, and pixie dust. Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue on the Nintendo DS. And we're back, listener. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, y'all, this is some good stuff. Mm, this, like, what a, what a delightful this, little summary treat of a film this one is. Just, good times. Real good times. Like, I, like, seeing this for the first time in full, it's just like, ah, oh, yep, that makes sense. Okay, I get why this is the the favorite one. I mean, this movie's like an hour and 30 minutes, but you would not think it because like the pacing is just like super quick. Like there's all this like great tension and drama and the characters, man, this this was just a delightful little treat. I'm, yeah. I'm just. Yeah, this movie just gives me so much vibes of like just being like, you know, a kid during the summertime and maybe being on your own and just like, just finding like mm. these little like weird things to do to like keep yourself occupied, you know. But yeah. of course, there's also there's, yeah. there's also that, and there's also some good like kind of secondary character development thrown in there, and some good action scenes, you know. Just just as a treat, so. they're just a little treat. We get a little bit of character development, and yeah, it's it's just a very good time very good time we forgot to ask you before uh the break uh julia but like was this the one that was your favorite uh tinkerbell movie yes yes this is the one and hopefully now you understand why people usually they either prefer this one or the fourth one which is the great fairy secret if i'm not mistaken secret of the there's a secret in there secret, secret of, of the, the wings Boys. secret of the wings yes yeah i love secret yeah. of the wings too but this one this one wins they, they have such fun characters and i feel like this movie really knows how to utilize them and it's just a fun it really time does. i like following them around i feel like the big strength of the disney fairies as a property is that yes uh tinkerbell already is like a very strong and compelling presence but i think something that they excelled at that maybe other doll centric properties kind of didn't do as well was like differentiating the character because i think something that like Properties that are sometimes meant to tie into dolls, like, sometimes I think uh, creators can be a little bit afraid to, like, make the personalities wildly different from Mm. each other for some reason. Which is strange, because oftentimes they'll look pretty similar. But, as you said, they're just all these really great characters, and they do all this lovely stuff to be able to, like, let them bounce off each other, and it's just like... Yeah, this movie is really interesting, because it has, like, sort of... The duality where you got like the side plot, which is about all like Tinkerbell's friends coming together to come and uh, rescue her. Well, she's not really in any danger until like the very end. But, you know, so you get like these dynamic characters going off each other that along with the whole thing of like Vidya kind of having her uh, sort of redemption arc where she ends up becoming like closer with all the fairies and goes through through her character development. And then you got the main part of the film, which is just essentially just like 
really playing into that little girl fantasy of having like a magical creature as your best friend and it's just like Tinkerbell hanging out with this little girl and it's just like it's just so cute and sweet you know and oh definitely and something I mean we'll talk a little bit more about Vidya in a moment but like I, I one other to your point of like her getting like a redemption arc I also like the the fact that they do still leave a little bit of room for her to be a little bit of an antagonistic force. Because, like, the nice thing about, like, each of the fairies that even, like, the mean ones, like, they seem, like, fleshed out enough as, like, characters where you can kind of see where they're coming from. Because we see, like, yeah. we kind of realize that, like, Vidya and, like, the other wind fairies, they kind of serve as a little bit of, like, a protector role within uh pixie hollow and i can imagine that easily developing into like a whole like superiority complex type of thing yeah, like you know she's just like i don't know video is great and her dynamic with tinkerbell in this movie is really fun because i don't know i just love like the dynamics where you got like the really sort of like serious stern grumpy one but you know like secretly deep down they care a lot and then you got like the, oh yeah the, the like bubbly excitable one that like you know just like goes on doing their thing completely oblivious of the annoyance they're causing to the other one you know it's just oh yeah and i mean not i mean the fact that uh like hang on i'm doing a quick checkup on ao3 what oh cowards okay terrence and terrence and tinkerbell have more fix than them but no way. They're, they're McCartney. I mean, we might as well just talk about like Terrence in this movie because uh, he has a whole three lines. Uh, yeah, like he doesn't even get to go on the big quest. Like they never even tell him about like Tinkerbell being in danger. He just shows up at the very beginning. He just shows up at and the very end. I mean, I guess. Hey, Jesse McCarthy needed that paycheck. Know. You know, maybe maybe good he for was him. Wanting, I guess wanting more money for a more substantial role. I don't know. Oh God! I mean, dude's already got like that sweet Kingdom Hearts gig. Yeah, so. he's like, I played, oh, no. I played Theodore in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. You know, I deserve. I guess we might as well like get into the plot of this thing because. I think it's a testament to how the characters are in this movie uh, and, like, how they sort of bounce off each other. Where, like, there's a lot about this story that, yes, it follows a lot of, like, sort of tropes of, oh, the dad works too much or, oh, the the friend is trapped. Uh, like, those types of tropes are there, but, like, they execute it in just, like, such a nice and wholesome way that it's... Even if you might see where it's going, it's still, like, a pleasant trip. Like a stroll through a meadow. It's got a lot of, like, tropey stuff, like you said. A lot of the archetypes that appear in a lot of movies like this. But I feel like they work them into the story in a way that is it's more organic, you know? I don't watch this and I think, ah, this is so predictable. It's like... Yeah, maybe it is predictable, but what? I like where this is going. That's the thing about tropes that I feel like some people online, especially in, like, our circles sometimes kind of forget, is that, like, yeah, tropes exist, but you treat them like narrative shortcuts, where, like, it's not the fact that they use a shortcut, but, like, how they, like, use it. Because if the path's yeah. still, like, nice and it takes you on a good journey, then, yeah, who cares if it, like follows like this sort of thing from other stories like they don't got a monopoly on that stuff unlike disney does 
เฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ
<laughs> like, I don't know. That, I you mean, know, it's, this is just something know. they do because, you know, they know that it's something they do. Like, yeah. Well, I like to think of it as like, oh, they, they do it because it's the sort of like, uh, this is the sort of thing that they derive pleasure from. Like, they find a task that they enjoy and, like, they do it for the betterment of society without any expectation of reward because, you know, all of their of the basic needs are met. So, yeah. like... The fairies do really live in kind of like a... Yeah, the fairies really do live in kind of like a socialist utopia, if you think about it, you know? Uh, like, everyone's yes. needs are met. I love it so much. That, uh, so the plot of this movie kind of gets uh, kicked off because uh, Tinkerbell is out wandering around with a video following her, trying to make sure she doesn't get into too much trouble. And she uh, encounters uh, some humans riding around in a car, you know, a 1920s style car, of course. And this is where we get introduced to our human characters in this film, which is... Uh, uh, Lizzie, like a little girl, like about nine years old, who's super obsessed with fairies, and her and her father, Doctor Griffith. Yeah, her... we don't get his first name, so he, he shall be forever known as Father Michael Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen, Daddy, who is uh, <laughs> what do they call people who who study insects? Uh, entomologist, uh, or is that just ants? But yeah, entomologist. <laughs> yeah, uh, who's who's very much you're a straight lace, like you know, I. I I believe in in science and facts, and I you know my nine year old daughter needs to stop talking about fairies and magic all the time. Types. So. I love how Tinkerbell just like immediately nerds out at, upon seeing a car for the first time because okay. like she sees she sees this car like uh, Doctor Griffith's car coming around, and she's like taking a look and and like examining how it works and stuff like that and i appreciate her like getting like this basic understanding of like its mechanics and stuff the entire time like Vidya's like trying to get her to stop because you know it's not safe and all that stuff and this is where like i do sympathize with Vidya for a bit because she's just like but it's hard to like you know, not take in the infectious enthusiasm that tinkerbell exudes in these scenes and I, don't know, I just always think it's cool to have like, you know, a fem a main like female character whose whole thing is like she's into like mechanics and machines and like yeah. creating crafting devices and stuff like that. You know, we stand a ADHD mechanical queen. Yeah, we really do. But then this leads to uh, a seeing uh, Lizzie setting up a little fairy house for uh like the nearby fairies because she just loves fairies so gosh darn much and it's it's very sweet and it does bring me back memories because something that like uh like when i was growing up uh my family and i would actually make uh like fairy houses around our property although we had like a specific rule where like you could only use natural materials and you can't do it in a way that like kills plants for that so like you can take moss off of a tree but you have to make sure it's still like it's properly planted on you you can't like 
use like plastic and stuff with this. And I don't know, there was something about it that was very nice and peaceful about building those sort of things with my sisters. So incredibly sweet. But this fairy house was breaking those rules because it was made out of cardboard and all this stuff. Like, okay, like, I mean, it's the 1920s, you know, things are, are going rough for the British, you know. Yeah, I, I do think, like, so much of this movie was slightly tainted by the fact where I just couldn't get it out of the back of my mind of, like, ah, oh, man, dang, in 10 years, Lizzie's world is gonna get way more complicated. Oh, oh, oh God, you're right. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah, because they're right but... by London. Oh, no. They're right by London. Her dad's a scientist, so he's probably going to be, like, called into doing a couple of things with that. But, like, yeah. yeah oh, come on. This, don't, is, this is just summer vibes. They don't want yeah, us to don't think, think Summer about vibes, you know, yes. Uh, yeah. Summer vibes. Uh, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand has not been assassinated yet. We're all good. No, no, no. This is 1920. He has, he's been distinctly assassinated by this point. Oh, God. Yeah. Lizzie would be too young to remember World War One, And then this movie is like the happy memories that she will return exactly. to it, when she falls into harder times. So it's good that she had such nice fairies, ex- fairy experiences that she will... Exactly. For the rest of her life. Exactly. Exactly. Five. And as a result, uh, she ends up capturing. But well, wait, this does I'm, I'm bring ahead a, of myself. This does bring in the implication: What were the fairies doing during World War Two? Oh my God, okay. Emma, we can't get done. <laughs> oh God. Like, do do oh fairies God. understand the concept of war and bombs and like genocide? Oh like, God. Wow, those birds are really big. Oh, oh wow, I've oh never God. seen well, them poop that big before. Mind. Now I can't stop thinking I'm sorry. This is how my brain works because I, my, my childhood wonder has been broken by my fascination with history. Maybe I could use a fairy friend to show me how to fly. (laughs) But yeah, so obviously uh, Vidya seeing this fairy house, she's like, nope, she wants to get out of there. But Tinkerbell, of course, like heads in to investigate and Vidya gets kind of understandably mad at this point and uh, she uses her wind powers to slam the door, but unintentionally locks her inside. I mean, you which... gotta give it to Vidya. That was like, imagine if like you were walking through the woods and someone made like a fake person house, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that just said like humans welcome, <laughs> and like you go inside and yeah, and it's and like a regular mail. house, but not <laughs> like. I mean. You'd maybe start thinking, like, maybe this is a bit of a suspicious situation, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe Tinkerbell needs to learn fair. some self-preservation instincts. <laughs> Definitely. Like, I mean, but... she, she would fall for, like, the box being propped up with the stick. <laughs> I mean, you just, all you gotta do is place, like, a single button there. Oh, oh, but I, I forget that. 
I forgot to leave out this great part where, like, the thing that leads them to the fairy house initially was a... A trail of buttons. And uh, Tinkerbell excitedly picking them up and passing them to Vidya, who grabs it and just immediately chucks it to the side. That's just, like, great characterization oh, right Vidya's there. Vidya's just so great it's... in this movie. <laughs> like... She's so great. So Tinkerbell ends up getting stuck in this fairy house and Vidya's gonna tries to get her out of there but oh no the human she's coming and as a result they begin but what to, I, I, I will say uh, what I like about this scene is like Bell enters the very traditional fairy house and Vidya wants to teach her a lesson so she just shuts her in there and tinkerbell's reaction is like oh video i'm like these movies they are set in different seasons so you you are supposed to get the feeling of like a passage of time and i like it that tinkerbell and video's relationship has advanced to the point where tinkerbell can tell when video is messing with her this is something oh, that yeah. has happened multiple times in the past Oh, yeah, you can definitely. I, I do you, appreciate that. Again, it's nice characterization. Yeah, this movie definitely implies some like off screen development between the two because, like, yeah. at, at the end of like the first movie, the last one where like Vidya and Tinkerbell like significantly interacted, they were definitely kind of in a rough patch. So, this movie does kind of imply that, like, you know, they kind of hang out around the same circle of people. So, like, even if they're not like close friends yet they're still like you know acquaintances oh yeah you know exactly. enough so exactly. that Vidya like cares enough about her to like follow her to make sure she doesn't get in trouble you know yeah 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 uh but then this leads to Lizzie excitedly taking the uh taking uh the uh fairy house back to her father and what did you guys think of lizzie as a character i mean i like, I, I like lizzie a lot like um yeah. i think like it's always sort of like a hard thing to do with like child characters like mm -hmm. child characters is really hard to get right but i don't know, i just i just liked her you know she's like meant to be like the audience stand-in of course but I don't know. I was kind of like thinking this when I was watching the movie. I was wondering like if you guys are maybe like thinking the same thing. I wonder if like Lizzie almost comes off a bit like neurodivergent coded in a way in this movie. Interesting. Yeah, I could definitely see. I hadn't thought of that. but it's... I mean, she is like fixated. It's a, it's a possible interpretation. Yeah, like it's pretty easy to interpret her thing with fairies as like a hyper fixation yeah. with that sort of thing. And her father just not, like, understanding yeah, cause, like, like, why she's so interested in that. Because, like, I, I remember when I was watching the movie, I was like, you know, what are they trying to, like, say with the relationship between, like, you know, Lizzie and her father? Because, like, of course, in the context of the movie, like, you know, fairies are real and, like, you know, he's in the wrong for, like, dismissing uh, Lizzie's, you know, views on things. But, like, you know, of course, in the context of, like, putting this into a more real-life context, I could see, like, the message here being, like, you know, like, even if you, th if you think, like, the things your kids are into are, like, silly, like, you shouldn't just, like, 
dismiss them as nothing. You should be willing to, like, engage with, like, your kid, you know, and really, like, meet them at your level and, like, uh, not dismiss the things they're into, you know, so. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good lesson to sort of take away with this sort of stuff, especially with, like, girls' media and stuff like that. Uh, Like I said, she's meant to be, like, the audience stand-in. I did not go through a fairies phase when I was her age, but I knew kids had a fairies phase when they were about Lizzie's age, and they were like Lizzie. I think she is a, a good kid character, and I think it's so easy to make kid characters be like a little bit too kitty, a little bit too annoying, but I think that they had a really good balance with her in... She, yeah. she feels very believable. I think Definitely. the voice actress wonderful job. Oh yeah, Lauren Moat did a great uh, job with this. Of just being this really happens to be into fairies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is all the more like uh, assisted just by like when you see her relationship with her father uh, as well, which yeah, that leads us to Daddy Sheen. Uh, uh, that's the last time I'm going to call him on this podcast. I'll try at least. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, so Dr. Griffith, uh, he's entomologist. He particularly seems to be studying butterflies. And uh, we kind of forgot to mention this, but at fairy camp, one of the butterflies that they were painting had like uh, misplaced like splotches of paint on it uh and they splattered it and it's like yeah yeah and like uh, he ends up finding this butterfly and of course like lizzie is the one like who's like oh the fairies must have uh painted that one different but you know because he's the the rational science man he's like facts don't care about your feelings lizzie i gotta find out you know uh (laughs) Uh, I gotta take this uh, butterfly to the museum, and also, because I'm an entomologist, I gotta, like, you know, stick it in the little display case, which is uh, a bit disturbing in this universe where, like, insects are sentient creatures. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Which, yeah... I mean, there's an uncharitable read that you could definitely put towards this film where it's like, yes, father, you must learn to reject science. Embrace the fairies. Which might not be great, but, like, (laughs) obviously that's not what they were gonna... Yeah, like I said, I think it's more kind of like, I don't know, it's more about just, like, you know, you can be, you can believe in, like, uh, science and everything, but, like, you should, like, still indulge, like imagination every once in a while you know yeah like because anyone who like primarily goes like full stem without indulging like the wondrous and the like inexplicable like that's how you end up with people that like like fetishize science or like people are like i'm a stem major i shouldn't have to take a humanities course you know like hmm. <laughs> Yes. Oh, why would I need to know about humanities? I know STEM stuff. What do you what do you mean my my lab experiment willfully ignores people of color? That was, <laughs> I how could I have anticipated that? Exactly. So, 
But he does kind of fall into that sort of like, you know, oh, it's the single dad who's raising his kid. And, you know, uh, he's probably dealing with some residual trauma from a unnamed dead wife slash mother character. So, you know, yes. he's just trying to 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 do his his best. But he's just so busy with work. He doesn't have he's time so to busy. do parties. Man, okay. I no disrespect to Michael Sheen, but I just imagined a version of this movie where instead of it being a single dad, imagine what it would have been like being a single mom. Uh, where yeah. it would be like, where same everything's the same of her being like, uh, like a girl, a scientist, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because you know, women scientists were becoming prominent in England during this time, even in the field of entomology. And I don't know, I'm just imagining like. A version would of work. this same story. Because yeah, and it could have like reasons to like uh, wish that be her all cynical wasn't so much into fairies. She would have to be like, no, as yeah. a woman, you have to reject those things and embrace science so that society will take you seriously. Yeah, exactly. So this could work that with could like, I am, yeah. but unfortunately, like it's so rare in like big pieces of media to see like mother-daughter relationships portrayed, especially like complicated ones where the mother is flawed. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. Like I mean and like there's boy, a reason howdy, so Disney many loves an ambiguously dead mom. Yeah, there's a reason so many Disney princesses just like have no moms and the then they got like the yeah. bumbling dad. So it's Yeah, but I mean this is like i said this is not a diss on michael sheen like in terms of the dad you work too much type of characters i think he like actually pulls off the character like like pretty well there's like a nice like he doesn't come off like needlessly mean-spirited like when he does get angry in the story it does feel understandable and it's just like yeah they they i don't know but that is one of those things where i'm like hmm yeah. What if? I definitely think I remember, like, I remembered his character being a lot harsher than he actually ended up being in the movie, like, rewatching it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sort of impression that I would have gotten to. Although, I imagine that when you view this as a kid, like, there's a lot of, like, the similar tone and stuff to, like, an actual parent. Like, that... when you're younger, you're just like, you know, why does he gotta, like, spoil her fun? But as like an adult, you can see like, oh man, this guy's been stressing. I get I, it. I get it. I get it, uh, I get it dude. And <laughs> also, we know how he could have been so much worse. Like, we're t- this is like 1920s England. Like, he could have easily just been like, oh, what ho? You feeling womanly emotions? Well, we got some electrodes for that thing, darling. Yes. Have some tranquilizers here. Yeah, Yes, uh, spending summer with his kid. Yeah, exactly. And not like shipping her off to a boarding school or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he must have been considered like a saint by 1920s and Wordian <laughs> standards. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, Tinkerbell's stuck and uh, Lizzie sees like, ah, oh, geez, yeah, he's probably gonna kill this this thing uh, if I show it to him. Uh, let's uh, take you back to my room. And this is where yeah, like- Because they never like, really explicitly state why 
humans and fairies aren't supposed to interact, but I guess there's a greater implication that, uh, uh, well, very understandably, uh, the fairies would not want uh, the wider British public to know about their little sovereign nation. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, because believe me, if, if, if England knew a way, if they knew that Neverland existed, they would, by golly, uh, King Edward would be like, what? An island in the sky? With resources? And more people of color? We must colonize! For the good of the empire! Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I could just see them, like, putting ships into catapults and, like, actually... (laughs) Just, actually, scratch that. I would love to know what the British Empire would do to try and find Neverland. Because as someone who's heard a lot about some colonial bullcrap they they were not especially good at their job okay mental image of putting a ship into a catapult it it will haunt me forever yes do it for the good of the queen (laughs) we must go in the name of mother england and then they just all get thwarted by the the crew of uh, gay pirates that would actually be very up to speed for 1920s british naval officers (laughs) okay They just join the pirates. They're just like, fuck England, this place is better. What are the fairies' opinions on uh, British international politics at the time? Oh, God. I mean, (laughs) I I imagine Silvermiss and Iridessa probably wouldn't be too hot on that. This became a downer suddenly. Anyway, so Lizzie uh, takes Tinkerbell up to the room, and this is where we get to one of, like, uh, my favorite parts of the story, where Tinkerbell... Like, just introduces herself. Well, initially, though, no, she's locked up in a cage because her, uh, the cat. What's the name of the cat again? Mr. Twitches. Mr. Twitches. Yes. Uh, Mr. Twitches keeps trying to eat the the fairy, and they got it. Like, it really is uh, a miracle, like, this little girl didn't accidentally kill Tinkerbell. (laughs) Oh, man. I, I could... Yeah, could you imagine, though? I could definitely picture it just being like, oh, no. How much of a downer story would it be? Oh, God, this is something I could picture, like, Neil Gaiman writing about, like, there once was a girl that found a fairy, but unfortunately, it died. Or something like that. Uh, it's just a reenactment could... of that uh, that one vine where the little girl has that like little like uh, fairy spinner thing and it just goes <laughs> fire. The sky. The oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic vine. Classic vine. R.I.P. Vine. Yeah. So, uh, but with that said, uh, so, uh, so. Immediately being stuck, uh, Vidya tries to rush back to the, uh, back to, uh, fairy camp. And it's here we be established that, uh, fairy wings can't get wet or else they can't fly. Yeah, because there's a big old rainstorm going on for the majority of this film, which not only affects, like, travel for both Tinkerbell and the other fairies, but it also... Uh, affects uh, Lizzie's relationship with his father because a lot, a lot of the movie he's like too busy to talk with her because he's trying to fix a leaky roof situation. So, 
Oh yeah, and I appreciate how like this is one like this is one of those things where like uh this is like a good natural way of like you know making it so that the characters can't easily fly over there and stuff. I believe Julia, you made this actual exact point in your video where it's like, oh yeah, it's raining, so of course they can't fly. It's like a nice convenient way of upping the sta the stakes in a way that. Oh. Like, you don't necessarily have to worry too much about. I yeah. like it. it. It's like everything in this movie, at least in my opinion, it feels very big because we are following these characters that we've already gotten to know from the other movies and stuff. And you want to see them succeed. But in the end, the scale of the adventure, if you look at like the big picture, it's very small. It's not a threat to fairy society. It's this one fairy who is in trouble and her friends are trying to rescue her. And it's not even affecting the human world all that much because it's just this little girl in a cottage in a field. But oh, definitely. the movie still makes it feel such a grand event. Like this this matters to them. This is important. And yeah, this is I, just I like it. I like how the movie rescue. Yeah, I, and I gotta say, like, I appreciate how, like, uh, like, I mean, when thinking about, like, uh, Tinkerbell and, uh, The Great Treasure, sorry, The Lost Treasure, like, th that, that movie had s significantly higher plot stakes, like, we were talking the f destruction of all fairy kind, oh. but, like, I, th but it was just kind of boring, this is like, a test, like, compared to exactly, this like, it's a testament to how, like, when it comes to, like, making your story, it's not necessarily a matter of, like, how big the stakes are, but just a matter of, like, how can you make these characters, like, get into this interesting situation? Because I feel like plot stuff, yeah, you can have big stakes and all that stuff, but if it doesn't serve as a good avenue for interesting characters, then, like, it's one of those things where it's, like... Yeah. yeah like most of this movie it's just about like the fun of just watching these characters interact with each other and hang out and work together you know oh definitely yeah. so Vidya tells that uh tinkerbell's captured and they waste no time like i'm gonna be honest i was expecting this to be like an act three type of thing sort of like almost like a deus ex machina situation of like oh look now and now her friends came in but no this is like an actual developed thing throughout the movie of like uh, all of the fairies uh back at fairy camp building like this fairy boat and uh slowly traveling alongside the rainy river to uh tinkerbell and i found their cutaway scenes just like very like enjoyable whenever we checked back in with them yeah, yeah. like as tinkerbell like, is doing her thing you know we get the friends like going on their river adventure and like it's pretty yeah. much the whole crew you got like all the friends and video and our, our beautiful uh himbo slash twink uh combo clank and bobble come along otp yeah and terrence is not invited <laughs> Poor Terrence. Poor Terrence. <laughs> but yeah, and then we cut back to the human house where, uh, like, Tinkerbell was like locked in this bird cage because to keep her safe from the cat. Uh, and she's pretty understandably like pretty scary. Uh, and 
like scared of all this sort of stuff but once like lizzie like shows off like her actual like fascination with fairies like she's like flattered enough by her like sort of obsession that she's just like oh okay i can vibe with this girl for a bit yeah like you know and of course with like the rainstorm uh still going like you know uh tinkerbell is like you know Maybe just being a missing person for, like, a couple days isn't that such a big a deal after all, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, actually, she, like, the little girl Lizzie does make a point of being like, oh, you want to go back home? All right, you can go home. And she's like, "Uh, I'll miss you, though. And she opens, like, the window and stuff. So there is that element to it where it's just like, oh, Okay, so she's not being kept against her will. It's just a matter of, like, circumstances, so... Yeah, and Tinkerbell chooses to stay around because she can see that, you know, Lizzie is kind of a lonely girl and she's sort of, you know, in a weird situation with her father. And and Tinkerbell's like, you know what? I can fix this broken relationship, given enough time, so... No, no, but you see, Emma, she's got Stockholm Syndrome. That's that's what the, the internet article told me. That the, Clearly, that must be what's going on. Oh, God, that reminds me. Wasn't there, like, some, like, like Twitter user that, like, went on this rant where they tried to say that, like, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch was an abusive character? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Jesus. <laughs> like, like, as someone who has, like, now has a reputation for like doing a lot of thinking about like children's cartoons like far be it for me to say think about that sort of children's media but you know they there's there's degrees guys like let's you're thinking way too much man it's not even a matter of thinking too much it's more so just like thinking in a manner that seems less about analyzing it for its inner stories and more so about so you can like point out like problems about it or just like actually yeah or just making these really like wild interpretations that just like just has the air of like 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 someone trying to like get something to go into like one of those listicles that's like 10 things you didn't remember about beauty and the beast that will ruin your childhood type stuff yeah because that's how you know you're an adult Uh but lizzie and tinkerbell they start becoming friends and lizzie's father ends up giving her a field journal because like he talks about how like oh when i was a boy i studied butterflies and all these sort of things so now i'm going to turn you into a nerd he's like lizzie you want to read the journal about rocks you like rocks is that what little girls like i don't know truly riveting stuff but i appreciate something i do appreciate about lizzie as a character is that like yeah it's very true that she is very almost obsessed with fairies and has like this sort of like fascination with them but based on her interactions with tinkerbell she clearly has a very like scientific perspective about it like like yeah Like, she spends her time, like, actually, like, observing and, like, chronicling facts and stuff in a journal like a real scientist would. And sure, even though it would be, like, make-believe stuff in real life, but at least the way she's approaching it, like, appears like, okay, yeah, so she's thinking a little bit critically, like, listening to 
and observing the actual thing that she's studying. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest difference between Lizzie and her father, but also the biggest similarity. Because, like, they are both scientifically inclined people. Lizzie wants to study fairies as scientist would and she is very willing to learn but while lizzie does it in a way that is like respectful and open-minded according to a fairy perspective i guess other is positioned as somebody who won't listen and just has his own convictions of how the world should function and won't accept another theory as to how it works yeah at least within this universe like it is established that the butterfly had different markings on its wings because fairies did it but the father refuses to acknowledge that because he already has his own ideas of how butterflies get the colors of their wings contrast this with lizzie who also had her own ideas of how fairies work but approaches tinkerbell with this perspective of like i want to learn and not let me see if my theory is correct and reject everything that says it's wrong yeah, definitely. I think Tinkerbell can also relate to that because, like, Lizzie is a curious girl and Tinkerbell is a curious fairy. Tinkerbell really I mean, is like, yeah, I can th- vibe with that. Yeah, and when you think back to that first Tinkerbell movie, I mean, she was in a very similar situation to Lizzie where, you know, she was stuck in the society that sort of didn't, like, want to question or mess with any of, like, the human stuff because they didn't necessarily understand it. And then she actually sought out to learn about it. And it's just oh. like, yeah. With that said, uh, this just leads to this very nice montage of, like, Lizzie, like, learning all about it. Was it, uh, what's it, the song, Come Flying With Me? How to Believe, that song. Oh, How to Believe, yeah. That one's sung by Bridget Mendler, who uh, primarily uh, was on Good Luck Charlie and Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, she was also in Muppets Most Wanted? Huh. Yeah, and the whole thing with like the the uh, Lizzie making the science journal is that it's established in this world that like you know fairies and humans can't like communicate directly. Like fairies just sound like like mm-hmm. the little bell. So Tinkerbell kind of has mm-hmm. to like charades her way into like uh, teaching uh, Lizzie all these things. Which, with that in mind, it's kind of amazing how quickly she slaps together this this like journal going. Off of uh, only like gestures, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean the twenties were already rife with like a lot of fairy media, especially in England. Like I imagine Lizzie like trying to tell her father about fairies, and she being like, "Oh, it's good enough for Arthur Conan Doyle, father. Let me study the fairies." <laughs> After finishing the book, then it seems like the rain has subsided enough for enough time where. It's enough for the rain to let her go back home. And, you know, they have a pretty heartful goodbye where she's, like, shedding a tear. And it's just like, oh, movie. No need to tug on my heartstrings at, like, the 45-minute mark? Jeez. Uh, The feel. Like, was not expecting that. Yeah. But Tinkerbell ends up deciding to stay behind and uh, administer some family therapy when she sees that, uh, you know, Lizzie, who's trying to show the journal to her dad, but the dad is too preoccupied with the leaks. So Tinkerbell decides to stay behind to help uh, fix the leaky situation. And we get this, like, montage where she, like, goes up to the attic and creates this, like, contraption 
with this like old boo mm-hmm. and this hose in order to like stop the water from coming in which uh if anything this movie established that like not only is like tinkerbell like a technical genius she's also like super strong <laughs> like she can lift a whole boo she can like you know lift a garden hose uh and uh, later on, she ends up freeing the trapped butterfly from the jar that he was going to, like, take to the museum, the one with the painted wing. So, like, yeah, Tinkerbell yeah. is Tinkerbell has been doing some lifts is all I'm saying. Like, yeah, the hammering and yeah. sawing and physical work she has to do as a tinker. Maybe all tinkers are, like, surprisingly buff. Yeah, like Tinkerbell's got some I bet she's got some guns, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you know she can lift. Uh but yeah, and from there she's able to like repair the roof and all that sort of stuff. Uh and uh but now as she's leaving, she notices the butterfly sample looking at her sadly. And so once uh Lizzie's going to show off the journal to him, uh He's preoccupied by the fact that he can't find he can't find the butterfly anymore. And logically, the only other person who could have possibly unscrewed the jar was Lizzie. So like Yes, let's consider the fact yeah. that uh the butterfly was in the jar and the only other person uh in the house uh is my daughter Lizzie, um, who is not a doctor, just but just so so you know, but I am a doctor, but uh just that just and well my wife is a doctor actually but uh she would be able to prove that in fact uh the butterfly was out of this tube so therefore the only person that could have possibly done this was in fact you and you may dispute this but nothing else can destroy these facts <laughs> god <laughs> can't believe you brought his that that man into this sacred fairy space <laughs> Okay, I, I can't help it sometimes. Yeah, but this leads to like the first bit that would seem like that you would think would be a like so many people talk about how harsh Michael Sheen was in this movie, and all this time I was just like anticipating like the signature dad yell that you get in some of these things, but he never actually gets that cross and like viscerally angry. I feel like very soft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I imagine, like, you know, Michael Sheen probably being like, I don't want to be this angry yeah, about they don't, this. Yeah, they don't overdo it. Like, I think the most, like, kind of, like, bad he goes is, like, right bef- right at the end where, like, well, when he, like, has that argument with Lizzie at the end where he, like, starts, like, taking down all her fairy photos and stuff like that because he's angry with her. But... Yeah. Yeah, although he does, like, say, like, I'm sorry, dear. Like, I know this seems harsh right now, but in his mind, like, he's trying to be as diplomatic about yeah, it. Yeah, he isn't, like, he isn't a King Triton, like, shooting beams at his daughter's stuff. You know? God. Whoa. Oh, God. They could have easily made him King Triton levels here. But as all this is going on, we do have the B-plot going on with, like, the fairies on the boat. And we get a nice little action scene where, of course, because they're on a river, they got to go over like a little waterfall. It is there. It is there. It is there. And they try to. If you have a river in a movie, it comes with a free waterfall. Yeah, that that's just the rules. This does lead to like 
uh, some fun, quick thinking on Silvermiss's part where, like, they're able to, like, they aren't able to get off the thing, but she uses enough pixie ducks to channel the river just so the boat can, like, move down close enough with that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like, and we do get oh. a few, like, different scenes of, like, the fairies, like, using their individual powers and talents to help each other out, which... It is kind of funny, though, in this movie, like, you got, like, the main plot that's just, like, Tinkerbell just, like, hanging out, like, with this girl, like, very, like, kind of low stakes, but at the same time, you have all Tinkerbell's friends, like, being put into mortal peril multiple times, like, on this (laughs) journey. Like, maybe Tinkerbell should have, like, sent, like, a message over or something, like, save them all the the potential mortal harm they had to go through. A like, little carrier yeah. pigeon. Yeah. Or like a little like send send the butterfly over to tell them what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like there's another scene where like Vidya gets stuck in the mud as they're going over the road and she nearly gets crushed by an oncoming car and she's only saved because Iridessa is able to use like the beams from the headlights to like make the driver stop you know and while all the fairies are like going on their adventure that's what i love about it it's like every talent has a part where this is the talent that saves the day so silver mist does the thing with the waterfall iridessa shines the light later on you have fawn and rosetta with the the cat and you know the tinker's actually making the boat vidya is just there because her talent is flying fast and she can't do that. And wind. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost as if she must be reliant on others in order to effectively... She's got to learn like, to let her guard huh. down and need people, you know? Yeah, and be... I love that. Huh. It occurs to me yeah. that, like, Vidya doesn't use any of her wind powers to help out at all in this movie. Yeah, well, that kind of, like, goes in, like, that sort of theme this movie has. Like, you know, where, like, you need to rely on your friends sometimes. And yeah. we get a like a really good scene uh, around this part where when Vidya uh, originally told them about what happened with Tinkerbell, she kind of like omitted the part where it was like her fault that Tinkerbell got stuck. But like on the way over, you know, the guilt starts coming in. So she ends up confessing to the other fairies and like they don't get mad at her or anything. They just like say like, you know, thank you for telling us and, you know, saying you're sorry and we're all in this together and i thought that was a really nice moment as well was yeah yeah Love that the friend's reaction yeah. is also kind of like yeah okay fine you might have played a part in this but we know that tinkerbell was able to get into plenty of trouble on her own like she does not need any help getting captured by a little kid yeah no like this is one of those things where like if she was there's a good chance that tink would have been stolen sooner yes like video wasn't even there so yeah uh sure enough after this sort of confrontation though uh lizzie's sent up to her room after being scolded for the butterfly and in order to make her feel better uh tinkerbell teaches her how to fly yeah and i really like the point you made julia during this about how like uh the utility of pixie dust has changed between this movie and the last movie. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. just make it's an just entire like... kid fly. We don't got to think about it. Yeah, because yeah, like in the last no, movie, no big deal. Like, this is a precious resource, but in this one, they're like, yeah, yeah. let's use it for fun. You know, if you, you want to get technical about it, you can think like, well, in the last movie, 
Tinker Bell just created an infinite supply of dust, like way more dust than they ever had. Sure, let's just use dust for whatever now. Let's just make a kid play. Let's let's just fix a family. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this won't cause a, a, a dust recession in the future. <laughs> Ooh. That would have been the the the, oh, no. the next Tinkerbell movie if they got to make more movies. It would be the Great Dust Recession. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Getting, getting really into that world building, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. economics. Just, That's what I'm gonna save it for your dark, angsty fic <laughs> that we know you're gonna write after this. <laughs> Just be sure to label it hurt comfort. Oh my god. Tag your fix, people. Anyway, uh, so she's uh, flying around the room, and then uh, meanwhile the fairies arrive at the house, and then uh, the cat just stumbles in after being left outside in the rain. Uh, This cat cat is great. He's just a big chubby calico cat. He's just a big chubby dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like how like their wings are still wet, so they have to like be a little bit creative in how they like run away. So they climb up and they accidentally get some pixie dust on the dishes and they start using that as a bridge, but oh no, the kitty's jumping alongside the dishes and moving alongside and it's it's a very fun sequence. Although I the entire time I couldn't help but think like, oh god. That's real nice. That's like real nice China guys. Like that stuff's gonna break as soon as the pixie dives way are off. Oh no! You, you would think this, here. Henry. <laughs> I would think that. I don't. I just like. I don't. I hate to like. A lot of good people were exploited to make that China. Oh, gosh. All I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> the shadow of but, colonialism just like eclipses this movie. If you think about it. <laughs> yeah uh but uh but they end up like getting up stairs uh well vidya actually gets upstairs as the rest of them begin to distract the cat and uh but this is when uh like uh her father confronts lizzie as this fairy dust is slowly starting to wear off and uh, like, and her room is now all trashed because she kept on bumping into things as she was flying around, and this is kind of just, like, the last drop room, and it's like, you've, where it's like, okay, you've like, done all of this stuff, stuff, you've broken up the, like, you released my, uh, like, this prize specimen, you've, like, trashed around the house and all that stuff, like, this is, this is not acceptable behavior. That type of thing, which, you know, that's, I don't know. Understandable dad perspective. Yeah, Yeah. like, I I appreciate that it's understandable from both of their perspective. It's just a matter of, like, being able to, like, communicate that clearly with them. Yeah, because she, like, uh, tries to tell him, like, you know, my fairy taught me how to fly. That's why all this happened. And, of course, he's like, um facts uh state clearly that uh fairies are not real so um you have been owned liberal uh no but as a result uh like he starts to take down uh like uh 
all of the fairy stuff in her room. And this gets Tinkerbell mad enough where she just like, like we can only assume curses up a storm, like just (laughs) chews his British pasty ass out. Like, and, uh, and it's enough for him to just be immediately like, like almost afraid immediately as he sees it but just like utterly fascinated by it he's like a never before seen creature right in my house i can sell this (laughs) (laughs) oh god which i think is another like i remember before julia you mentioned like the different like scientific philosophies between him and lizzie where lizzie is like she just wants to to discover things like for the joy of discovery him you know being the adult who's like i gotta like put food on the table is like how can i uh take these things i find and turn that into like financial or social presented to the board yeah so because he wants to present it because he lost the butterfly he wants to present tinkerbell to the board but of course at this point uh vidya has made her way upstairs and she essentially performs a, a G-rated version of taking the bullet for Tinkerbell by uh, pushing her out of the way before he is able to uh, trap Tinkerbell in the jar and Vidya gets trapped in the jar instead. So now this uh, story about great fairy rescues has an even greater fairy rescue going on as now the fairies plus Lizzie have to uh, stop Lizzie's father from taking Vidya to the museum. So... Mm-hmm. Fairy to rescue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this leads to like a really fun chase. She dri- He drives off in the car and the fairies end up banded together and they realize, oh, okay, we could just, uh, our rings won't get, can't get wet. But if she has a raincoat on, that's enough for her to fly all the way to London. And so we just get this magical scene of like Lizzie getting like covered in pixie dust as they begin to fly off. And it's just, this is another heartwarming scene in this movie. Also, I love it that just uh, like, oh, she has to fly all the way to London. Even when the dad's driving, like the camera kind of pans up and London does not seem very far. Like you get the impression that they are on the countryside, but it's, but more it's like just a like just down minute. the road. Yeah, it is. Even Lizzie flying, it's like, it's a magical scene, yeah, but she's not out there flying for hours. It's, there is London, there it is. Yeah. We're here. I, yeah. yeah. Geographically, does does London have any, like, big, lush countryside fields, like, right outside the semi, the city limits? I'm kind of, I'm kind of definitely. Not in 1920, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but we could dream. Maybe. May- Maybe it was one of the royals, like, exorbitantly (laughs) large estates. Yeah, Yeah. Lizzie and her dad have just been squatting on it. Like, the queen hasn't (laughs) kicked this out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why they gotta present the fairy to the board, because otherwise, uh, old old Edward would have kicked them out. (laughs) Gotta keep up that royal grant, baby. Yeah, we have the chase sequence. There's a scene where, like, Tinkerbell flies down and she, like, sabotages the car from the underside in order to, like, slow him down. Which, that was a... 
I love how tense that scene was. Like compared to like that last climax we saw with like the rats in uh, the Lost Treasure, it's just one of those things where it was like, oh, all right, cool. That like this, it was. It's still like something like human scale, but like you get like seeing just like how the inside of this car just feels all unnatural compared to like all the other fairy stuff we've seen. It's just like. Like there's a there is a sense of danger to it. Yeah, Seeing like, these fairies in like an unnatural environment, just like yeah, yeah, there is like a good amount of tenseness to this like final climactic moment because they are like you know legitimately trying to save their friend from a implied uh, impaling on a display thing. So you know, this is one of those kind of movies where like uh, the title is a bit misleading because you think like oh them going after tinkerbell is the great fairy rescue but then you watch the movie and actually like tinkerbell isn't any danger but then the real great fairy rescue is them rescuing vidya at the end so there's an yeah. even greater fairier rescue in the great fairy rescue yeah there's yeah. layers <laughs> layers indeed and then but as a result uh this is enough for uh lizzie to just float down to her father. Like, no one else in London seemed to, like, be too they were like, shaken up by the fact that, like, my young... business, love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step off a lip and all that, chap. Uh, can't. Must lay off the opium tonight. Hmm. I'll only have three doses of it. But, you know, it's enough for uh, Lizzie to convince him, kind of pushing away his daughter and all that sort of stuff and you know he kind of realizes ah all right for you my daughter yeah we'll i'll get we'll let him go and then the two of them end up he's flying off into the night maybe facts do care about feelings (laughs) i'm sorry that's the last ben shapiro joke i I promise okay yeah no you're fine (laughs) although i do now i'm now thinking about how like uh like, I'm assuming, like, he does have to eventually present something to the board. So, like, He's like well, Lizzie, thought maybe uh, we're going to rejected science altogether. He wants to be a farmer now. He just wants to live the real cottage core life. Yeah, I mean, like, Learn honestly, considering. He's just going to be a dad. Yeah, considering the future Perhaps. coming up, maybe a getting out of a London will be best for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are ethical ways to study butterfly upkeep. I like, I, I like to imagine that, like, after this, he and Lizzie help pioneer like, uh, more ethical ways of, of butterfly preservation. Yeah, Ooh, maybe they even like build the first sort of like butterfly sanctuaries, like you know those in like the zoo where they just have like a big old room filled with butterflies. That would be so cute. Yeah. Oh, that's the headcanon I'm going with now. Also, uh, now he has See? to deal with the uh, the implication that Lizzie will tell him that fairies actually control the seasons and everything he <laughs> thinks he knows about science is a lie. So I'd like to think that even oh though he, he, no. he looks happy in these last scenes, he's like, uh, he has this just internal storm going on, like this eternal crisis just eternal like i'm just picture yeah that just michael sheen just screaming inside because like there is an actual line where lizzie says like oh 
the fairies caused the season. I thought that was because of the tilt of the Earth's axis. That's what we want you to think, says Tinkerbell. And it's like, um... Lizzie is like, the um, fairies have told excuse me, me that the Earth is flat. We just oh, gotta no. deal with it. <laughs> no. But the, the movie just ends the, at this very relaxing scene of them, you know, having a tea party having with a fairies. Picnic. And Lizzie and her dad. And Terrence shows up. Yeah, Terrence. Thanks for doing nothing, <laughs> oh, Terrence. There he is. Yeah, and he, he just like, well, take it. Looks like you fixed something after all. And it's like, cool. You're useless, dude. <laughs> I feel like Terrence doesn't even like have like any lines like after this movie. Like, I don't remember him like doing anything at all in any of the next movies. So. No, what? You kind of have a point. I don't. I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It, it, it's a Jesse McCartney. They just couldn't. They just couldn't keep up with that. That uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks money. So. Oh God. Uh, the next movie has a, a line that I think is it's fantastic, and I put it in my video where like <laughs> another fairy. We'll get to the other movie eventually, but I don't want to spoil the fun. Like another fairy asks Tinkerbell, like. Ooh, is Terrence like your boyfriend? And Tinkerbell's like, eh. and the scene ends, and eh. they never mention Terrence again. <laughs> That's the only time that Terrence is mentioned in that movie or any other movies. Farewell. <laughs> yeah, That's, That's hilarious. Oh, God. That is hilarious. He doesn't deserve being in the top uh, Tinkerbell ship on AO3. We gotta change oh. this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here's your call to action, Ever. listeners. Get give us that good Tinkerbell. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. If, like the cliche answer is like, oh yeah, sure, ship Tinkerbell with Vidya. But like, I don't know. I kind of like somebody who hmm, has who would I ship more Vidya? thought to this than they should. Uh, Tinkerbell with video is a very good and obvious choice, but if you want to be a little more diverse, Tinkerbell and Silvermist are also a great pairing. There's some good stuff yeah. happening in the Ooh, or Tinkerbell or Fawn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those two. Yeah. They, they do have a lot in mm. common when it comes to instincts. Ooh, or maybe yeah. like... Uh... Like like Fawn and Rosetta, like you kind of got like the tomboy and like the girly girl dichotomy. Oh, ooh, ooh, I, I I like that more actually. Yeah, we're branching yeah. out now. God. All of the fairies can have a ship. Yeah, all of them. That that they, they all you know why you know what why overcomplicate thing? Just just make a big old just a bunch of poly fairies. Or like ooh, or just... even like uh Fawn and Iridessa, because like Fawn is kinda like, you know, the chill laid back one, or like Silvermist and Iridessa, and Iridessa is kinda like Silvermist and like Iridessa the... would totally work. Oh yeah, like yes. yeah, the, the real like kind of chill serene one, and then like Iridessa was a lot more like kind of high strung and a bit neurotic, you know? Yeah. 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 Huh. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, that's a real discourse. That's a movie. That was a real good time. I, I I greatly enjoyed it. Our recording is close to two hours now, but you know what? Oh, this sorry. we had a lot it, to say it's, about. It's, the yeah, Coast. this this is a movie that like like it's something that like 
you can kind of overthink it in a way that doesn't necessarily feel like obtuse and weird you know like it's like these characters they got depth you got all this great interaction you got all of this good stuff and it's just it it's something that like yeah i highly highly recommend it's depth i don't know if i like this more than the first tinkerbell movie because that one still holds a very special place in my heart but this is like it's it's definitely like a very close contest between these two. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see what you'll yeah. think of like the next few movies because if you look if you look at the whole Tinkerbell filmography, the Tinkerbell cinematic universe, I could see why one would make the argument that the Lost Treasure is the most experimental because they experimented with some things and they realized that they sucked and then they made the third movie and it was great. <laughs> Yeah, The Lost Treasure definitely, like, stands out amongst Dang. other films just because it's, like... Because, like, so it's much of the definite. other movies, are they're all about, like, Tinkerbell, like, hanging out with her friends. Like, all these fun characters. With Lost Treasure, it's kind of, like, more Tinkerbell by herself. Yeah. I think what they, what they were thinking about was they were like, okay, we've established Tinkerbell. We need to set her on this perilous journey, you know? Really, like... That's how you up the ante for the sequel when it's more just like no, you gotta we get just one want of those, more uh, of her and her friends. Let's go find the MacGuffin type plots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, so what rating do you give this movie, Emma? Oh, hmm. You know, I I'm gonna give this like a good uh. 4.5 uh, buttons out of 5. Like, Really? Okay. Uh, any specific points of improvement that you would have for this? Hmm. Besides less Terrence? Less Terrence. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess like uh, maybe like uh, the only thing I could see improving this is maybe like giving more development to Vidya and the fathers because they're kind of like the ones that go through like the character arcs in this movie where they got to like change their mind about That's things. True. So maybe like the only thing I see improvement is like maybe focus on those on their change of hearts a bit more. Uh, yeah, but other than I that, think that's like, fair. I don't got much complaints. Yeah, yeah. I would give it eleven buttons out of five. completely blinded by nostalgia here (laughs) that's you know what it could be it could be 12 buttons out of five if they had followed your suggestion and made the dad a single mom i can't stop thinking about that oh god i'm glad yeah i i that that i don't know that's just one of those interesting you know AO3 writers, you know, get on it. There, that's there's a premise right, right for you. Heck, I would like enjoy that sort of similar story, like, like someone to like sort of tackle this sort of same story. You know, a girl yeah. who believes in fairies and her mom being a more serious scientist and seeing like how she, how the two of them react to that. Yeah, I don't know. There's like, a lot. Of we just need more like depth. movies exploring. Especially for, like, kids, like, movies exploring, like, mother-daughter dynamics in general. Yeah, know? definitely. No Cause, more cause, no more mom's dead of mysterious old-timey illness, disease, and Disney movies. Like, 
Bring in the moms. Yes, please. Bring in the milfs. We're ready. Okay. <laughs> God, God, don't please, Emma. People are already weirdly horny for Pixar moms as it is. We can't. We can't. <laughs> we're at our threshold here. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'll add a caveat to that. More, more Disney milfs, but please give them some design variety. They can't all have thick bubble butts here. <laughs> Give, yeah, a, give us some buff guy. Disney milfs. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, I guess then, with all that said, I give this movie a flying pixie dust child out of five. You know, it's it's mystical. It's wondrous. It's like a beautiful sight to behold if you view it through childlike innocence. And if you have adult cynicism and think about it too much, you can kind of ruin it for yourself. So yeah, just remember that you're the the you're Michael Sheen daddy in this scenario, and you gotta sometimes oh. you just gotta accept that uh, the Earth is flat and fairies change the seasons. No, no, okay? no, let that. I, let <laughs> no, no. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Pink Isle and Miss Draw Opinion. Thank you so much for joining us here. Like. This has been such a delight. Yeah, it's been great uh, having you on. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. It's a good time. Yeah. Do you got any sort of pluggables that you want to give our lovely listeners if they want to know more about the sort of things that you done do on the internet? Right. I have a YouTube channel where I think too much about children's media and some other good things and I make video essays and I try to convince people that their favorite characters are actually gay all along yes and other and good they're things. all really good <laughs> listener if you need some recommendations for me in addition to your Tinkerbell movie and the Barbie video that you've released I've really enjoyed your uh take on the lorax which listener i'm quite notorious for absolutely hating that goddamn movie i hate the lorax but movie henry so goddamn how much. bad can but, it be shut up shut up no but <laughs> but but uh drop in your your video about it did like give it a level of nuance where i'm like okay I can at least appreciate it on that level. I would say... Still I, doesn't oh, make you. me... Yeah, st- don't get me wrong. I, I don't think there's anything I could that could happen to make me not hate that movie, but, you know. Oh, and also your video about the Moomins, so that solidarity of being the only creators oh, on YouTube yeah. talking about the Moomins. I would say I also... Yeah. I really liked your video you did on uh, robots. <laughs> Yeah, like that one's really great because that's thank the one you, movie I because that's one movie I remember always looking back on and being like, "Huh, you could do a really interesting Marxist read of this movie." <laughs> like, and then you did it, yeah, like a champ. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, you got a Patreon, yeah, I do. Go support her. Th- toss toss some money at her Patreon. Uh, it's uh, yeah, patreon.com slash dumps Right. My Patreon is slash draw opinion dump. You can follow me on Twitter at, at draw opinion dump too. Yeah. Yeah. All that good stuff. And then in addition to that, Emma, mm-hmm. you also have a Twitter. I do. 
I don't post much on it, but you can follow it if you want. I'll probably follow you back. That's what I do. Yeah. And you can follow her at EmmaCory9. Yep. Also like a champ. I know. Maybe one day I'll do something with it. So stay tuned. Perhaps. (laughs) Stay tuned indeed. And then uh, as for me, listener, yep, you know the things that I done do on the internet. Uh, If you enjoy this this episode, you know, consider giving us a rating. You know, we always appreciate some stars being thrown at us, even if it's a single star or three stars or even five stars if you want to be spicy. And also maybe leaving us a comment and making sure to... uh, subscribe on whatever pod catcher thing you're listening on uh but other than that uh oh yeah also we this podcast got a twitter uh at pink pod which you can follow for all the juicy hot memes and stuff surrounding barbie brats and all the other stuff and then uh finally for myself uh you can follow my own Twitter at Kathman Henry, uh, the Tumblr page, uh, henrykathman.tumblr.com, which compiles all this stuff. I need to do a better job of maintaining the Tumblr, to, truth be told, but there's that. And then finally, the YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash henrykathman. Uh, and then, so you can follow all those things, but if you even more enjoy all this stuff, you can consider chucking a buck this way. This way to both Julia and I, because, you know, we we work real hard on this stuff. But yeah, patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. So I think that was a lot of stuff to go through, but yeah, this has been fun. So now, uh, Mr. Opinion, we need to figure out a way to get you out of this framing device of this nebulous pink owl void that we've set up now. So, uh... I think I got away though, because it's all we need is some uh, faith Faith. and trust and copious amounts of explosives. Because I think there's a structural integrity here. Emma, I've been trying for at least three weeks. We got like, we'll be able to. We'll see you later, listener. You could do that, or like she could just like float down on that uh, convenient river over there. Oh. Yeah. Could end in a water because I don't have water powers. Well, I mean, you know, Mm. sometimes you got to take risks in life, so. Let's get you floating down. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, God, Emma. The the conspicuous waterfall has occurred. No. We'll see you later, listener. (laughs) Uh, Bye. (laughs) 